three, two, one. Oh my goodness. Good morning. Good afternoon. Whatever it is for you, I hope you're having a fantastic day. My name is Zach Schaumler. This is Strong Opinion Sports, episode 355. Welcome in. Uh, I am calling this episode my NHL playoffs extravaganza. And it's, um, we're recording in the middle of round one. You'll hear about my plan for the NHL playoffs down the road. I'm going to try to record a podcast about every round, kind of a recap of round one, and then a preview of round two. I kind of, between every round, we'll do that. I am recording this in between two episodes, so uh, interviews. So what you'll see in this episode is two long-form interviews, one with Nathan Shield, a guy who I love. I view him as a hockey expert. I want to introduce him to you. He's phenomenal. Uh, and, and by the way, him and I's conversation, we had never talked in person at all. And, and you know, even, well, I guess never talked at all, let alone face-to-face uh, you know, on, 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 throughout a, through a camera uh, before our conversation. So I thought we started cool and we got warmer as it went on and then also we had a delay where I would say stuff and then there's a delay then he would start talking and I I think it took us about 10 minutes before we figured it out but man I I'm really proud of that it's a great conversation I learned a lot I had so much fun I think we talked for like an hour I mean we really had a great time then later uh, after that interview I'm going to do an interview uh, in about an hour with a really good friend of mine Austin Cram who is a He's got MMA podcast. He's really, really cool. And I, he is the person who introduced me to hockey. When I was a kid, his dad had season tickets, and they used to take me to go watch uh, hockey games. And I, I, it's where I fell in love with the sport of hockey. And I, I got to be honest, I, I love hockey. I don't feel like I have the tools in the toolbox to follow hockey. Between time and bandwidth and everything I have going on, I rely on people like Austin and Nathan to tell me what's going on. So they're, they're going to come on today. We're going to talk about hockey and have a blast. Uh, and I, I'm just now realizing as I'm recording, I'm talking to a camera. So if you're audio, you don't care. One pair of headphones is here. The other pair of headphones is here. Uh, I'm not, you're seeing my ears for the first time in maybe a year. I, I haven't shown my ears on the podcast in like a year. So, Hey, look at these big elephant ears. Welcome in guys. Hello. Um, guys, I had a blast talking about hockey with Nathan, uh, about to record, uh, the next interview with Austin Cram. Please now enjoy the NHL playoff extravaganza interview one right now with Nathan Shield. Hello everyone. Welcome in joining me off to my right. You can't see him. We got like five, four computers in here. Uh, Nathan Shield, a guy who I am really excited to talk to a hockey expert. Nathan, how are you? I'm pretty good, Zach. How about you? I I'm doing well. I, uh, First of all, I, I'm going to ask a lot of questions here. If I was talking about football or basketball, I could very easily – I feel like I don't need – I know the answers. I don't know the answers to a lot of the questions I'm going to ask you today and the, the things I'm trying to understand. And you follow hockey much more closely than I do. And so I was like, look, I want to talk about hockey, but I can't, I can't do it by myself at all. And so I, I hope you know. Like I, I am coming to you as a, a, a brand new, like not very informed child uh, to ask a lot of questions, and I'm really excited about this. Yeah, perfect. I'm I'm excited to talk hockey today. Uh, I think if we may, first of all, what is there anything that's really surprised you so far about the NHL playoffs? Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing right now is really how competitive it is. I mean, you look at the field normally in a normal season. There's normally a few teams where it's like, yeah, they're kind of just here for the first round. But it seems like this season there's a, there's a lot of teams that really have a real chance if they can win their first round matchup. I mean. 
you never know how far they could go. So that's that's been really uh, really apparent to me early on. Um, what happened? I saw something with the Panthers and the Lightning. There was a bunch of social media stuff going on, and I was like, I'm looking up. What happened to the Carolina Panthers in the NFL? Like, did did Sam Darnold get hurt? Like, what's happening? Like, oh no, the NHL playoffs are happening. And so I think in game one, something went on with the Lightning and the Panthers. And I saw uh, Scooter Magruder, a guy who I follow on Twitter, was like, uh, Panthers fans, you want to talk about it? And I'm like, talk about what? I don't know if you know what he was referring to, but I something has been happening in that series. Yeah, yeah. So this is this is an interesting series. And I'm, I'm a Panthers fan personally, so I've been watching these uh, pretty closely. But it's kind of the first time there's really been a true rivalry in Florida. Tampa has been traditionally pretty good. They've won Stanley Cups before, two of them. The Panthers made a run, but they haven't really been good in a while. So for the first time, they're really good. Tampa is obviously coming off of a Stanley Cup championship, so they're really good as well. So it's been really back and forth. Um, Referees have kind of been letting them play, so I know both teams have been a little upset with that. But it's been a hard-fought series. Uh, It's 3-1 right now, but... Both teams are giving it their all. It's, it's a close, closer matchup than it is on paper. Who do you think? So right now, uh, game five is Monday. Tampa Bay leads 3-1. to one. It's the Tampa Bay uh, Lightning and the Florida Panthers. I, I'm curious, do you think Tampa's going to finish the series on Monday, or is there, do you think it's going to be extended longer? Yeah, I mean, that's a tough question. Um, the Panthers are going back home. They're going to play in their uh, their own arena for game five, the BB&T Center. And there's increased... Uh, capacity in the arena, so they're going to have 75% of the fans. So I think they could feed off that energy, maybe pull out a win, but I think Tampa's uh, a little too good for them right now. And and there's been questions about the Panthers' goaltending, so I think Tampa will, will finish it out on Monday. Uh, what makes Tampa better? Yeah, I mean, Tampa is just pretty much good all over the ice. I mean, if you look at hockey, it's kind of unlike any other sport because there's so many guys on the ice during the game. I mean, there's four lines of forwards, so there's normally 12 forwards on the ice. I mean, not on the ice, but in the game. So there's going to be a lot of different players playing. So you can't just have one star player really impact a game like you can in other sports. Tampa has a lot of really good players throughout their lineup, a lot of guys who kind of go underappreciated maybe by the average fan that are really good players. They just kind of are secondary in Tampa's lineup because they're so talented. So that's been big. And they have arguably the best goaltender in the world, and Andre Vasilevsky, so he's pretty hard to beat. And I've heard you talk about uh, goaltenders a lot like a quarterback in football where there's only one, and they really dictate whether you can win or lose in hockey, correct? Yeah, yeah, they're crucial if you want to win. How about uh, the Carolina Hurricanes at the Nashville Predators. That game is happening literally in like a couple minutes. Actually, I, I think it just started. Actually, uh, game four today. Carolina leans two to one. Uh, who do you think is going to win this series? Yeah, I got to go with uh, Carolina. Carolina is really good. It's it's kind of um, interesting right now. A lot of the teams in the South are really emerging as really good. Carolina and the Panthers both have never been phenomenal. I mean, Carolina's won a Stanley Cup, but it was about twelve years ago. So. It's really the first time they've been good in a bit as well. Um, and they're, they've got a great goalie. Um, he's a really good story as well. He was actually waived by the, uh, the Hurricanes, which means anyone in the NHL, if they wanted to pay the price for him, they could pick him up. So they waived him about at the beginning of the season about four months ago. And he's on an entry-level deal. So 
it's the cheapest contract you can get, and no one no one wanted to pick him up. And he's just been a, a great story. He's been really good. He's a young guy, never really got a chance, but he he's taken uh, advantage of the opportunity and been phenomenal. So they're really good up and down the lineup as well. I mean, they they could beat Tampa and come out of uh, the Central Division. They're they're a phenomenal team, and they're really well coached. What was that guy's name? The young guy. Yeah, his name's Alex Nedeljkovic. He's a, a goaltender. He's he's won That's so cool in the AHL a lot, but he's just never really cracked the lineup in the NHL. So it's awesome to see him get his opportunity and take advantage. That's a good story. That's pretty cool. Um, how about the Colorado Avalanche uh, and the St. Louis Blues? Game four is today. Colorado leads three to nothing. Is Colorado going to win today? Yeah, Colorado is going to win for sure. Colorado is. I think the best team in the NHL right now. I mean, they have a phenomenal GM, Joe Sackick, who has really been building this team for a while. Um, they've got a lot of good pieces, and they've got really good depth. A lot of good young guys, too. They've drafted really well, like I said. Goaltending is strong, too. I mean, they they are just phenomenal up and down the lineup. Um, oh, man. I just blanked. Uh, Nathan McKinnon is arguably the best uh, player in the NHL. He's on their first line. They get Gabriel Landeskog and Miko Rantanen, who are both phenomenal players as well. They're they're both, all three of them are probably top 25 players in the NHL, and they play together, so they're deadly. And then their defensemen are really good too. They got four defensemen. They're all under, I believe, 25, and they're all really, really good. And they're all pretty cheap because... They're young players, so they're they're kind of in a fortunate situation right now. Whereas if everyone was kind of making the money they deserved, they would be they wouldn't be able to afford this team. But because they got a lot of young guys, it's a little more affordable. So they're they're kind of built to win right now. Colorado won the what is it the President's Trophy, which is the award for having the best regular season uh, record. Is that? I don't even know what that means. Is that even is that just a trophy? They're like, congrats, but you don't actually get anything for that. Is it giving you an advantage in the playoffs? How does that pl- factor into the playoffs at all, if at all? Um, no, so that actually doesn't give you any advantage. And if you talk to some hockey analysts, they'll say it gives you a disadvantage because traditionally, you win the playoff, the president's trophy. You probably will not win the Stanley Cup. That's just what the, what the statistics say. But there's been a few teams recently that have kind of proven that theory wrong. So I don't think it'll affect Colorado too much. I think it's just a bit of a confidence booster going into the playoffs for them. What's the theory there? Is it like you're worn out from going so hard in the regular season? You didn't rest enough? Um, like I know the Warriors a couple of years ago had that incredible record and they were worried like, well, they, they just did everything they could too early and ran out of steam at the end. Yeah, I think that's part of it. Um, a lot of people think that maybe it makes you a little too comfortable maybe you're taking people lightly I'm not really sure why it is but a lot of teams that have won it have uh have just not gone on to win I don't think a team has won it and then won the Stanley Cup until I think or since uh 2012 2013 when the uh Blackhawks did it so it's been a while yeah I didn't know that um how about the next game? Uh, another game today. Game five. Uh, Boston leads three to one. It's the Boston Bruins and the Washington Capitals. Uh, I, I gotta say, I've always wanted to go to a game in Boston. I think it'd be really, really cool. Uh, who do you think is gonna win this series? Boston three to one uh, playing today. Does Boston close it out today? I'm not sure. These games. So as you mentioned, they're up uh, three to one, and every game has gone to uh, overtime thus far. So these teams are really evenly matched. 
both really talented teams, but I think Boston does have the edge just because they have the momentum. They're back in Boston, so I think they're going to close it out, but I don't think it's going to be easy to probably go to overtime again. That'd be, that sounds like must-watch TV to me, like the Washington Capitals uh, trying to stay alive in a, in a must-win scenario in a, in a division, in a, in a series where it's gone to overtime so many times. I mean, I, I might even turn that on later today. I, I, that does sound fun. Yeah, that's that's been a really fun series to watch. They're both really talented teams who I think whoever wins this series could make a, a deep run because they're both really talented. Uh, the Edmonton Oilers and the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, game three today, Winnipeg's up 2-0. I'm just curious, you know, this series is just starting off still. What do you think is going to happen? Uh, what team is better and, and why? Yeah, this is a kind of an interesting one as well because if you look at the regular season records, um, because – because of the way the NHL was structured this year, you didn't play any games outside of your division. So because Edmonton and Winnipeg are in the north, they ended up playing each other seven times. So they know each other pretty well, and Edmonton dominated the series in the regular season. But in the playoffs, they just haven't been able to get it done. Um, Winnipeg has a really strong goaltender. He won the Vezina Trophy two years ago, for the or last season, excuse me, for the best goalie in the NHL. He's really good. Young guy, I think 25, Connor Hellebuck. He's phenomenal. So he's been really kind of the backbone for Winnipeg right now. He's Frankly, he stole the first two games because Edmonton is one of the best offensive teams in the NHL. They have Connor McDavid, who's if arguably the best player in the NHL. I'd say he probably is. He's put up video game numbers this year. He's really, really good. And they have they just have a lot of uh, really good forwards. So they score a ton of goals. So to see them get shut down like Winnipeg has, it's it's pretty impressive. But I think Edmonton's going to come back. They haven't won a playoff series in a while, so they kind of need to do it this year. So Winnipeg has shut down basically the NHL's highest leading scorer. Is that, I mean, it's like, that's a big deal. Yeah, I mean, Connor McDavid and his line mate on the left wing, Leon Dreisaitl, are number one and number two in points. So you get a... A goal or an assist, you get a point. They're number one and two. Like, they are unbelievably dominant on the ice together, especially. So the fact that they've been limited by Winnipeg is, is frankly, like, unbelievable. Winnipeg has been really, really good in the playoffs. I think I owe a lot of credit to their coach, Paul Maurice. He's one of the best coaches in the NHL, in my opinion. And he, he seems to have Edmonton figured out. So something's got to got to give here if Winnipeg wants to keep this series going because if they go down three nothing I think they're done well that's what's cool about the NHL is um it's it's more impressive to me if you create a great game plan in the NFL and you shut down Patrick Mahomes one time hey great well done but to do it in multiple games that's really uh, that's much more impressive to me Uh, and I think it's fun to compare and talk about the differences but I, I really um I think that that's a big deal that I think should be talked about too that just it's not been one game like in in the NFL it's multiple games in this series they've shut them down yeah, yeah. I mean, the first game uh, was one nothing. So to do that against a, a team like Edmonton was pretty unbelievable. Um, I'm not sure how they're doing it, frankly, because in the regular season they couldn't figure them out at all. They they just kept losing and losing to Edmonton. They couldn't couldn't beat them at all. So the the fact that they figured it out now is is pretty unbelievable. I got to tell you a story real quick. I um we'll talk about the Minnesota Wild in a moment. I think by the way, the Minnesota Wild have. My favorite team name in sports, I think I say wild a lot, and I don't know, I don't know where I got that, but I'm like, oh, that's wild, and then I look at that team name and I love it. 
Um, when I was talking one time about the Denver Broncos, I completely blanked on Joe Elway's name. I was like, their GM, ah, that guy, that quarterback, the dude who's like a Hall of Famer. Like I could, I, I remember like every like his dog's name, and I couldn't remember his name at all. And there was a moment like two games ago we were talking about. You're like, you kind of blanked for a second. I just want to encourage you, man. Dude, if you fucking forget a name, no big deal. Um, like I, I've forgotten any, like Hall of Fame players' names, and I'm like, ah, and people get mad at me. It's like, dude, come on. I know what I'm talking about. Like, you know your stuff. Um, I don't I just I think it's funny. I, I, I it reminded me of that moment because they're I it's hard to people forget how hard it is to talk into a microphone for hours at a time and just you have all this information going through your head and um I just wanted to remind you and encourage you of that. I think that's funny. Yeah, I mean, when you know what you want to say, it's kind of you kind of start tripping over it. You know, you're like, "Oh, I want to hit this, 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 and this." But yeah, all right, I'll, I'll keep that in mind, man. That that is pretty funny, though. Oh, dude, I got I got so much anger. It's like, come on, of course I know the dude's name. I was in the moment. I forgot. Like, you know, your mind goes blank. Um, let's talk about the Minnesota Wild uh, and the Golden Knights. Game five is tonight. As Monday, excuse me. Game five is Monday. Uh, Vegas is up three to one. What do you have to say about this series? Yeah, I mean, this is this is one of the few series where it's pretty one-sided. I mean, Carolina is, is a similar situation where Nashville just isn't competitive right now. They're not good enough right now to really put up a true challenge, and that's kind of how it is for Minnesota. Um, they're good. They have, they have a lot of young guys who I think will improve. I think they're going to be a, a team to look out for in the future, but... Right now, they just don't have the star power to compete with Vegas. I mean, Vegas has a ton of superstar players. Mark Stone on the on the first line, he's a right wing. He's phenomenal. Jonathan Marchezeau on the on the second line is really good. And their their goaltender, um, Mark Andre Fleury, is a Hall of Famer. He's I think top five in playoff wins. He has three Stanley Cups. And at thirty six, he's playing some of his best hockey of his career. It's it's pretty remarkable. So. I think Vegas is is going to win this next game and close it out, and I think they are a team to watch for the Stanley Cup as well because they're that good. So Vegas could be a team that could win it all. Yeah, no doubt. They have uh, they they're an expansion team, but they've kind of went against the traditional route. They kind of have an older team, so they need to win within the next year, two or three, like this year or next year or maybe the following. If they don't. They're going to be a tough situation because they got a lot of old players on long contracts. So the pressure is on for Vegas right now. And the window's closing, it sounds like. Yeah, yeah, the window is definitely closing. They're going to run out of cap room here soon. If they don't win it this year, they're going to be in a real tough position financially, and they're going to have a lot of old players who may start to decline as well. Uh, so the Boston series really excites me. I, I'm going to watch a game tonight. Uh, then you also have a series tied 2-2. Two to two. The New York Islanders and the Pittsburgh Penguins. Talk to me about that series. Game five is on Monday. Uh, I, that sounds exciting to me. Like close, fun, two to two, two big markets, two big names. Um, talk to me about that series. Yeah. So I mean, this is this is one of my favorite series right now too. Um, I think this one is really interesting because Pittsburgh. You know, even if you don't know hockey, you probably know Sidney Crosby. You know the Penguins. They've been dominant in the past, and they're trying to do it again. They have Crosby. They have Evgeny Malkin, who's also been a superstar in his career. He's going to be a Hall of Famer along with Crosby. And they're they're just they've just been good for a long time. So you can't really count them out. I don't love their depth 
they don't they don't get a ton of depth scoring though they did get Jeff Carter at the trade deadline who's a little old some thought he was maybe washed up but he's came in he's been really good for the Penguins since they acquired him um, goaltending has been a question mark for the Penguins as well so if they lose I think that's going to be the reason but don't count out the Islanders either they're a really good team as well I mean there's a reason it's two two. They get a lot of depth scoring. They, they can score pretty much from anywhere. They're really well coached. Their coach won a Stanley Cup two years ago with Washington. So they're a good team. They play a, more of a defensive game, so it's not as exciting. But they squeak out victories, and they made a, a deep run last year. So both of these teams are, are really good. This is a really good series. No, I'm taking notes. I think it's interesting. Um, I want to ask about Sidney Crosby because I he's in year 16. He's 33 years old. And if... If you're watching this and you're a football fan or like you like Formula One or basketball and you're not a not a hockey guy, which I don't know how you would be here, but if you are somehow this far into the video uh, and the podcast and you've never heard, done you don't follow with the NHL, everybody knows Sidney Crosby. I mean, if you are an American, anybody in, in America who follows sports to some degree has heard that name before. Uh, what stage of his career is he in? Is he still playing at a high level? Um, 33, I would imagine in a sport, you know, 16 years in your career in hockey, your body's beat up. What stage of his career is he at right now? Yeah, I mean, like I said, um, Crosby and Malkin, they've kind of been together for a while, and they're they're still pretty dynamic. They're both good players. They're both, they both still put up a lot of points. But I think a lot of people, I think the consensus around those two is they need to get it done this year or next or else the wheels are going to fall off because they're really the heart and soul of the team if they don't perform, the team doesn't perform. So they kind of need to get it done while they're they're both still playing at a high level because I think you're going to start to see a decline, especially in Malkin probably next year. In Crosby, I think he maybe has two or three good years left, but I don't know if they're going to be back in a situation like this. So they, the pressure is on for them to win now as well. So this is like their opportunity. So as I look around, you'd have Edmonton beating Winnipeg, or Winnipeg beating Edmonton. That's a surprise. That's exciting. That's interesting. Uh, there's another question. You know, can Pittsburgh get another win, or can they have another good run? Kind of at, at, like one of their final. It's, it kind of reminds me of Drew Brees in the NFL, where you have this Hall of Fame player who you're kind of wondering, can he make one more run at the end of his career? That's kind of where we're at with Sidney Crosby, correct? Yeah, yeah. Crosby's won three Stanley Cups, so it's it's really the quest for that last one. I know a lot of. Voices in Pittsburgh are saying, you know, we got it. Let's get one more for for Malkin. Let's get one more for Crosby. Close it out with four because I don't know if they'll be able to make another run without those two. They're going to have to go through a serious rebuild. So they're just trying to get one more, I think, in this era, and then they're going to have to retool or rebuild, and and you're going to see an entirely different team in Pittsburgh. So that would be a good story. Do they actually have a legitimate shot to win? Yeah, I mean, I think the Islanders are, are pretty good. So if they can get through the Islanders, um, I think that would be a, a real confidence boost for their team. They, I mean, they still have a lot of good players. Um, I'm not really sure if they can make a deep run. Like I said, goaltending has been a question mark. But if they can get solid goaltending, I, I don't see why they couldn't make a, a deep push, especially if Crosby is playing at the level we've seen him traditionally in the playoffs. Absolutely. Um the last series I want to talk about, the Toronto Maple Leafs at the Montreal Canadiens. Game three is Monday. Series tied 1-1. Is that, comp- that sounds competitive and fun when I just read you. It's two teams in Canada, uh, two big names that I know. The series is tied 1-1. Game three coming up. Is that uh, My assumption is based on just knowing that that's going to be a fun series. 
Yeah, yeah, this is a, an awesome series, frankly. Um, Toronto is is really good this year. They have the best team they've had in probably 25 years. I mean, maybe even longer. They are, they're really talented this year. So the pressure is really on because a Canadian team hasn't won the Stanley Cup in a long time. So a lot of eyes are on them to make a run. They have Austin Matthews, who's a young American kid. He's phenomenal. He scored the most goals in the NHL this year. And they have, they have a, a really good, talented young team. But goaltending has been an issue all year. They, have, they had uh, Frederick Anderson, who was their starter for a long time. He, he went down early in the season, so they had backup Jack Campbell step in. He's been good, but he's never really started in the NHL before in his career. So if they don't win, I think it's probably going to be on the goaltending. Meanwhile, Montreal doesn't have the talent up front like Toronto. They don't get a ton of goal scoring. They have they have some good young players, but the depth isn't there like it is for Toronto. I mean, Toronto can score from anywhere where Montreal pretty much only gets scoring from their top two lines, the third and fourth line. Don't contribute a whole, whole lot offensively. But in that, they have one of the best goalies in the NHL and Carey Price. So he's really the reason they won game one. So he's going to need to be good if they want to continue to win this series. But I think Toronto has a little too much urgency right now, a little too much pressure on them to lose this uh, first-round matchup. Um, I want to ask you about the MVP award because hockey does a weird thing where – weird's the wrong word. They don't just call it the MVP award. They call it the Hart Trophy. And it's I always struggle because there's like – I have to remember the names and how they correlate with other awards in the NHL. Um, who's your favorite and who do you – Talk to me about the MVP award and the the Hart award, the Hart Memorial Trophy, and what you think should and will happen. Yeah, I mean the Hart is a, a really interesting trophy because, like you said, it's most valuable players. So there's a few different ways to look at it. I mean, it's supposed to be most valuable player to your team versus most valuable to the like within the league. So your team could be horrible, but if you're the best player and you're the only reason they're winning you could win the Hart Trophy in theory. So there's a lot of players that have kind of been in the conversation, but I would say personally, I would probably give it to Austin Matthews in Toronto. He he really drives their offense. He scores a ton of goals. He's kind of the heart and soul of the team. So I think I would give it to him, but there's a lot of different players who could win it this year. I'm really interested to see who the jurors select. Well, I would imagine it's similar to the NFL with quarterbacks where – is it true – are goalies often in the conversation simply because of their the importance of, to their team? Yeah, yeah. So a lot of times if you see a goalie win, it's going to be because their team is not very good and they're pretty much the reason that they're, they're competitive. So that goalie for the Canadians I just touched on, Carey Price, he won it back in 2014-15 when they were – not a very talented team, and he was undoubtedly the best goalie in the NHL, and he was stealing them games regularly. So that was, he was the last goalie to win it. But, yeah, if a goalie wins it, it's traditionally because their team is struggling and they're pretty much relying on their goalie to bail them out every, night in, night out. Is that something you can measure with numbers? Because I know often MVP awards, and really any award, comes down to statistics. And if you don't have statistics, people really struggle to latch on to that. Is there a way, with goalies playing on a bad team, doing well, is there a way to do that with numbers, or is that just something you have to watch the film and be like, yeah, no, 
this dude on a terrible team is carrying. Yeah, I mean it's it's kind of with uh, it's kind of tricky. It's kind of like quarterbacks where you don't see a lot of the the highlights because I mean there's a lot of highlights that you miss because their team will mess up. So a receiver drops a pass. It's kind of like when a defenseman will like miss a read or something like that. Like a goalie could make a phenomenal play or a quarterback could make a phenomenal play, but because his teammates don't help him out, he's kind of left out to dry. So it's kind of tricky. I mean, there's, there's advanced analytics that you can use that will kind of highlight that stuff. But um, I think for the most part, it more comes down to watching and saying, yeah, this guy's phenomenal. He's, he's pretty much the only reason they're in this game. And I, I think that's probably the best way to do it. What about Connor McDavid? Oh, McDavid? Yeah, he's he's always in the mix. Yeah, McDavid is, uh, I think most people would agree he's he's probably the best offensive player in, in the NHL. I don't know about all around, but he's definitely in the mix. He's been really, really good. He's putting up the most points per game uh, since Mario Lemieux, who's another probably top 10 player of all time, maybe top five. So he's having a phenomenal year, so... I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if he wanted to be honest because he's he's putting up video game numbers like I said. Um in 56 games he has 105 points. So that means he's scoring a goal a goal and an assist pretty much every game. Jesus, or two assists every game. That's crazy. I I was watching a, I worked at an MLS game the last two weekends and um I I wanted to blow my brains out. And I was literally all I could think when I was watching uh soccer was man I I wish I was watching hockey. Because I there there are some parallels, but they're they're tougher. They don't like roll on the ground, going like please, like ah, trying to get a call. They you you touch them, they just get up and move on. And they hockey has way more scoring, not an absurd amount, but it's entertaining, it's fun, it's exciting. And you have guys who can score. The fact that he scored is he averaging over two a game? That's unbelievable. Yeah, so he has 105 points in 56 games, so a little less than two, but I think it's like. One, I think it's like 1.7, something like that. And he's he's putting up like an assist every game at least, and he's scoring like 60% of the time. So he's he's really, really good. Like he is unbelievably good. So why is he not the consensus MVP? Is that because um, he has a lot of help and maybe, you know, his team may not need him the same way a, a bad team might need a really good player. Is that, is that accurate? Like is it valuable or is it best? Because they are different. Yeah, exactly. So that's kind of the thing with the Hart Trophy, where it's kind of hard to to say. Like, the Chicago Blackhawks this year were not very good. They missed the playoffs, but they have Patrick Kane, who has won the award before. He's he's an American guy. He's really good. He's, he's a, for sure a Hall of Famer, and he's been pretty much their only player. They have another star player who was out all season, so he was in the conversation for a while. I'm not sure how high he ranks now, but it's it's really tricky because it's most valuable to your team, so it's really hard to judge. A lot of people will look at it differently. Yeah, when I do my SOS NFL awards, I give out a player of the year. I give that to Aaron Rodgers because it's fun. Like it's the best numbers. The two's like dominating, and then I give out a most important player, where I give that to Tom Brady in Tampa because he in the NFL went from a, went to a team that was bad the year before and took them to a Super Bowl. And I go, that's important versus player of the year. And any any league that has MVP award, I go like, okay, is it best player or is it most important? So there's always that debate around any kind of MVP award. Yeah, it's it's tricky. I'm I, I've gone back and forth with a few different players, but 
I think there's probably three or four players who are really in the mix. I think you'll probably see Nathan McKinnon, who's in uh, Colorado. He's he's phenomenal. He's Him and McDavid are probably one and two right now in the NHL. You'll probably see Crosby in the mix again because he's been phenomenal. Austin Matthews in uh, Toronto. And I'd say those are probably the uh, top four. Is Crosby there because he's that good or because he's older and kind of a star and people like is he is it marketing or is it he is he really deserved to be in the mix? I think he deserves to be in the mix. Um he's he's definitely slowed down. He's not he's not the elite player he used to be. He's still really, really, really good, don't get me wrong. But he's not a, a top he's not a top four player in the NHL right now. But for his team, he's kind of like he's their captain. He's kind of the guy in Pittsburgh. So if he doesn't perform, it kind of brings the whole team down. So he's been really important to them. If it was best, I don't think he would win it. But because it's the MVP, most valuable to your team, I think he might he might get it, though. I, I'm not sure he will. Um, I, I'm curious because I – and I ask this out of ignorance. I, I literally do not know the answer to this question. How do the playoffs work? I know you have East, you have West, you have North, and Central. So where do we go? We're in round one. They play each other. Then where do they go from here? Does East play the West? Does North play Central? Like what happens next? Okay, yeah. So this this is a good question because it's different this year. So if you knew how the playoffs worked previously, it's a different structure entirely this year because of COVID. They played all their games within their division. So if you're in the East division, you only play teams in the East division. And the same goes for everything else. So what's going to happen is you're going to play the first two rounds within your division. So at the end of it, there will be a one winner from each division. So at the end, yeah, so at the end, there will be, say, Toronto, Colorado, Boston, and Carolina or Tampa or something like that. These aren't predictions. These are just examples. So then at the end of that, when you have your final four, it's going to go to seeding. So based on the regular season seeding, whoever finished – the highest is going to get the first seed and they will play whoever is the fourth seed based on the regular season results. That's why the president's trophy was more important than usual this year. So if Colorado makes it out of the West, they'll get the presumably easier matchup in the final four. And then same goes for two and three. And then from there you'll go to the Stanley cup finals. I'm curious. I'd love to do an exercise. Um, can we run through every team in the playoffs? And what, what I want to do is hear from you. They have a shot or they don't. So, like, uh, the Nashville Predators don't have a shot, in my opinion, right? That, and that's I think you would agree with that. After that, I, I'm really curious, um, do the Carolina Hurricanes have a shot? Yes. Carolina, do, how, how deep do you want me to go on the answers? Dude, go as deep as you want. I mean, I, this is all for fun for me. I'm, I want to hear nerdy you know, hockey stuff. Go ahead. Okay, yeah. Carolina is is really well coached. Their their the their coach Rob Brindamore won them their last Stanley Cup. He was the captain of the team then. He's coaching now, so I think it would be a really awesome story if he won it. Uh, they have good goaltending, like I said, good forward depth. So I think they could they could win it for sure. The Florida Panthers, they have a shot. Not gu- not gonna win, but are they even? Is it a possibility? It's it's a possibility. Um, goaltending has been a question, so you may see rookie goaltender go in for Game Five. He's he played this season at Boston University, but he went in the first round two years ago. So he's played I think five NHL games. He's been really good, but he's he hasn't been 
tested in the playoffs yet. So with goaltending be a question mark, they might turn to him. He's number three on the depth chart. So it would be a old move, but I wouldn't be surprised to see it. And if he plays well, they could make a run. He, if he gets hot, they could make a run, but we'll see what happens. I'm not counting him out, but I wouldn't bet on him either. So that's, it sounds like no to me almost. Where like I guess they have, no, I guess I asked you, do they have a shot? So they have a shot. They have a legitimate chance. They have a chance, but it's it's closing. It's closing every every few minutes, I guess. Every game, it's it's gotten smaller. Uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning. Do they have a shot at a title? Yes, Tampa won it last year. They're coming back with the same team. Pretty much, yeah, I'm, I'm, on paper, they're pretty much the exact same team they were last year, so they have a solid shot. I know the answer to this, but it's fun to hear your answer as well. Um, I would say my my dumbass analysis would say that the Pittsburgh Penguins have a shot to win a title. Do you agree? Yeah, I mean, this is this is a tricky segment because, like I said, there's there's only a few teams where they don't really have a real chance, but I think Pittsburgh... I mean, Pittsburgh could do it. If if goaltending can play the way it needs to, they have a chance. But if goaltending doesn't figure out, if they can't figure out goaltending, they're not going to, they're not, they might not even make it past the first round. It, it's fun because it'd be cool. It's a good story to watch a, a hero, the name I know in hockey, win one final, you know, title near the end of his career. That'd be fun and exciting. And do you think he would retire if he won this year? I'm not sure. Um, I don't think he would, but he might just say, you know, he's he's played for a long time. He made the years he made the the NHL as an 18-year-old. He's played like over a thousand games, so he might win it and say, you know what, let me let me go out while I'm on top, but I think he's still got a few good years left in him, so I don't know, never say never, I guess. Based on the little I know about him watching interviews and he's like literally the only hockey player. I'm like, I I know something about him, right? I it's because everyone always asks that question when you get older and you win it's like are you gonna leave I don't think he cares about leaving on top I would imagine he's like man I got this is how I would look at it if I was 33 at 16 years in my hockey career I'd be like well look man I I can live the rest of my life retired like I don't I always have the beach I always have my house in the mountains I always am gonna have that I'm probably never again in my lifetime gonna get an opportunity in fact I know for a fact I'm not gonna get an opportunity to play in the NHL at any level. So I, I might as well, I, I, kind of, I think the way Tom Brady looks at it too in the NFL is I'm going to take advantage of this moment and squeeze every little ounce of juice I can get out of that orange. Yeah, I, I think the Tom Brady analysis uh, comparison is, is very, uh, uh, very fair, I guess, because they're both consensus Hall of Famers. I mean, Tom Brady is probably one of the best football players of all time. Crosby is definitely a top 10 player of all time if not higher I would probably say six or seven maybe maybe even top five if he can keep winning so I think he's going to keep playing see what he can do and just keep increasing those numbers breaking records just I don't know keep being the best I guess yeah um the Washington Capitals do they have an do they have a shot at a title yeah, Washington definitely has a chance. They won it two years ago. They have a lot of the big names still. They have uh, Alex Ovechkin, who's often compared to Crosby because he came into the the league a year later. He's one of the best goal scorers of all time. He's also getting older, so they kind of are in a position where let's get one for Ovi. Let's win it now, get him one more because he's only won one Stanley Cup in his career. Um, goaltending. This seems to be a, a common theme right now, but goaltending is a question mark there for sure. 
But they have a good co- good coach in Peter Laviolette. Um, I think they have a, a solid chance if they can beat Boston, which is looking unlikely right now. Well, I'm curious, you know, if you have a, so I would say you have a shot versus you are a favorite in, in hockey. Like if you have a question at goaltending, it would definitely make you not a favorite. Correct. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the Boston Bruins, they have a shot. Yeah. Boston has a good shot this year. They got, they have a lot of really good forwards and they got Taylor Hall at the deadline. Mm, at the wow, trade yeah. deadline I know that a, name too. Wow. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Taylor Hall won the the Hart Trophy, I think, two or three years ago. He's he's a really good player, but he went to Buffalo um, in free agency, who was, uh, to put it lightly, a dumpster fire this year. They were they lost sixteen games straight at one point. They were horrible, so they really had no choice with Taylor Hall because he's on a one year deal. It was either trade him now, get something, or lose him in the free agent market for nothing. But because of the season he had, because he was playing on such a poor team, they really didn't get anything for him. So Boston got him at a bargain price, and he's been really good. I think he has two or three goals in the playoffs already, and he's been a difference maker for them. Did Taylor Hall just cash out and kind of sell out a little bit and say, I, I know I'm not going to win, but I'll go to this team because they're paying me a lot? Yeah, I'm not really sure why he went to Buffalo. Some say... He has like a good connection with the coach or something. I'm not, I'm not really sure what he was thinking because in the free agent market before he had signed, he was talking about I want to win, you know this and that, and it really just didn't make a lot of sense to go to Buffalo. I mean, they have Jack Eichel, who's one of the better young players in the league, but because he's been in Buffalo his entire career, he's really struggled at, at times. Um, so it really didn't make any sense right from the start. They didn't have the talent to make the playoffs. I think that was pretty evident, even in free agency. So I'm not really sure why he did that. I think he had wanted to go to Boston, but they didn't offer him enough money at the time. But I guess it ended out working out. Ended up working out because he's on Boston now and he's in the playoffs and he's making a difference. So that's awesome. Uh, the Islanders, the New York Islanders, do they have a chance at a at a title? Yeah, I think the Islanders have a, a good chance. They they are pretty solid all around. Um, Pittsburgh is a tough opponent in the first round. They struggled against them in the regular season, but they're well coached. They have good goaltending, good defense, good depth scoring. They're they're a team where if they were a little bit stronger, I'd say they were a favorite. But they're definitely they definitely have a, a chance. That East is crazy. Pittsburgh, uh, the Capitals. The Bruins, the Islanders, like they're all so close and so competitive. Is that accurate? Yeah, the East Division is super strong this year. There, There's a, a ton of good teams in the East Division. There's a, a few teams as well that missed the playoffs that were really good last year. Philadelphia Flyers, they kind of struggled down the stretch, but they they have a lot of talent. They have Their goaltending was, was struggling this year, so it didn't really work out. But they made the playoffs last year, won a series. Um, the Rangers are a good young team too. If they weren't in the East, they might have made the playoffs as well. So that's a that's been a tough division. They're all really close with the points as well. So that's been a fun one to watch all season. We'll skip the North for the time being. We'll start in Colorado. I would even ask: not only does Colorado have a shot, are the Colorado Avalanche a favorite to win the uh, NHL title? Yeah, I think calling them a favorite might be even an understatement. Um, the NHL does the bracket challenge. I think they got. Uh, like 55% of the vote. Um, they're 
They're unbelievably good. They have a goalie who's won a Stanley Cup before, Philip Grubauer. He won with Washington a few years ago. Like I said, Nathan McKinnon is top three, maybe top two players in the NHL. They have they can score anywhere. They've got really good young defensemen. Um, they are just flat out unbelievable, and they they know they need to win now, so they've been dominating in the in this first series against St. Louis. How did Colorado build their team? Like, how did they get to this point where they're so dominant? Um, I'm not really sure how to to put it. I I, I want to say they got lucky a little bit with some drafting, but. I think that might be a little disingenuous to them because they, they're they one of those teams where their GM has just done an unbelievable job. I mean, because they've been good for a while, they don't get these super high picks. I mean, Nathan McKinnon was a, a first overall pick in 2013, I believe. But other than that, a lot of their superstar players, have, they've gotten later in the draft. So it, it's been pretty crazy. They've got Bowen Byram, who's a... Uh, a, a young guy, they just got him last, either last draft or the, the prior, I can't remember. But they got him at like 19, and he's he's already in the NHL. He's already making a difference. Um, they've got it like, they get a lot of good guys in, late in the first round, in the second round, where a lot of these guys, you don't know if they're going to pan out, but they always seem to pan out in Colorado. I'm not really sure how they've done it, but they've they've really built from the draft, and it's it's really impressive. Well, it's for sure. Um, it's it's bo- probably both. It's where luck and oper- and and preparation kind of meet each other. Um, you know, you hear that. I, I forget the quote. I, I I wish I remembered it. I sound smarter, but it's kind of like uh, opportunities where they meet each other. And I, it sounds like for sure they got lucky. Some of the stuff panned out, but there must be. I watch the Colts who draft every year in the NFL. They are dominant, and I I know some people in the Colts building and what they talk about the way they build that organization like they have a philosophy they have a a strategy and a plan and it clearly works very well Colorado well for sure there's luck involved I like how you mentioned like it might be a bit disingenuous because there also is some level of they they're just good at what they do they're good at drafting and developing players too yeah yeah and they've made a lot of like really smart trades Um, they made a trade with San Jose that ended up giving them the fourth overall pick when that was kind of a throw-in it was kind of a if this happens, we'll, you'll get this pick. It ended up being the fourth overall pick. So that might have been a bit lucky because San Jose kind of thought they were in a position where they were going to be competitive for a while, and it just didn't work out that way. So that was pretty fortunate. But they've turned, like I said, they've turned a lot of kind of late-round picks where you don't really know what you're getting into legitimate NHL players. So it's been pretty crazy. The The window is closing, though, in Colorado, right? Because at some point they're not going to be able to afford – all their young players as they get older and want new contracts, correct? On defense, they have – let me just pull up the lineup so I can get the the pairs right. They have – right off the bat, they have Kale McCarr, who's probably a top-four NHL defenseman right now. He played college hockey for a few years at UMass Amherst, and he kind of broke – he kind of broke onto the scene, like, immediately. He's really good. He's on his rookie deal still, so he's going to get paid a lot. Then they have Devon Taves, who's kind of an older guy. He's like 25 or, or 26. So he's making decent money, but he'll probably want to raise because he's been playing really good in Colorado. And then they have Ryan Graves and Sammy Gerrard. That's their second D pair. Who Those are both two young guys. They're not making a ton of money right now. Uh, Sam Gerrard is still on his rookie deal because he's only 22 years old. Uh, I'm not sure if Ryan Graves is off of that rookie deal, but I know he's making less than $2 million right now. So 
they've got a lot of guys that aren't really getting paid what they're they're really contributing. So if they don't win soon, they're going to be in a, a, a tricky spot with with those contracts. But they still have a, a little bit um, until they have to worry about that. But if they don't win now, it's that could be a, an issue. Yeah, the window will close at some point. And the pressures, I mean, that's a fun thing to track over the next couple of years is can they get it done before they run out of time? Um, how about Vegas? Does Vegas have a shot at winning a title? Yeah, Vegas is is really good. Um, it kind of it's kind of interesting to to look at the West compared to the East because the West there's a lot of teams that are good and there's a lot of teams that were really bad, but Vegas is one of those teams where they they were really good. They had they just missed out on the President's Trophy. They lost it on the last day when Colorado won their game and they didn't. So they were right in the mix for best team. Um, but like I said, um, they have a lot of older players going against traditionally what most expansion teams will do because they just joined the league about three years ago. They, they've moved a lot of young assets to get older, more experienced players to kind of try to win now. So there's a, there's a lot of good players around the NHL where you might be surprised to say, oh, that was a, a Vegas pick. So there's Nick Suzuki, who's a really good young player in Montreal who was a Vegas pick that they traded away like pretty immediately. He didn't even play a single game for them. A lot of people don't even know he was drafted by them. So that's just one. There's there's countless players like that where Vegas kind of said, we don't have the time for you because we're too good right now. We need to make a push now. We can't be worried about developing players right now. So the pressure is really on because their core is is a lot of guys who don't have a ton of time left. Their goalie, like I mentioned, is 36 years old. Marc-Andre Fleury is one of the best goalies of all time. But at some point, he's going to decline. It's kind of a Tom Brady situation where it's like, I don't know when the wheels are going to fall off this thing, but they have to eventually. So I'm not really sure what's going to happen, but at some point, he's going to start to decline or some of their offensive and defensive players are going to decline. So it's, it's really kind of a ticking time bomb in Vegas right now. And their cap situation is going to be pretty crazy in a few years because they're spending a lot of money right now. Um, I, I love this. The NHL is the only place where Minnesota is considered the West. Because um, <laughs> it's so, it's so re, it's so North, like North and East up in the, it's kind of the center of the NHL. And I've, I've driven from Seattle, Washington to Minnesota. That is not the West at all. However, they're in the Western division. So uh, do the Minnesota wild who, by the way, I lived in Minnesota as a child, like very young. Um, and I, I had I had a wild jersey. It's way too small. I was like ten years old then. Um, do the Minnesota Wild have a chance at a title this year? I don't think they have a chance this year. They've the reason they're in the playoffs is they've had a few players emerge who probably weren't supposed to be as good as they are playing right now. Cam Talbot is a goaltender they just got, and the uh, they got in free agency last year. He was kind of an average goalie. He was kind of a fringe starter in the past, and he's really found his game in Minnesota, so he's been phenomenal. He's stolen a few games for them. But realistically, I don't think they're good enough right now. I think they still need to build a little bit more, Get need to get a little bit younger. Um, I think they'll be a fun team to watch, but right now I don't think they're good enough. The St. Louis Blues, are they a title? Do they have a chance at a title? Um, I don't want to count them out, but I don't think they really have a chance. Um, going against Colorado is a 
Make a decision, Nathan. Pick a side. <laughs> no, no, they're not good enough right now. Going against Colorado is is like kind of a death punch in itself, but they're yeah. not really good enough. They're they're similar. They're they have a lot of the core pieces that they had when they won the Stanley Cup a few years back, but I don't think they're good enough right now. And their goaltender Jordan Bennington, who was phenomenal in their Stanley Cup victory, hasn't been as good this year. So I think they're they're done for. And they barely they they snuck into the playoffs too, so yeah. they have really no chance. Uh, now in the North, uh, Toronto. Does, do the Toronto Maple Leafs have a shot at a title? Yeah, Toronto has a, a good chance at a title. Probably their best chance since they won it last. I think it was 1967. So Toronto's been waiting for it. There's a lot of pressure on them. They're hungry, man. Yeah. They're like, please. Yeah, if they don't make it out of the North Division, I would be pretty shocked. Um, I think they have. I think they're too good to lose right now. They really need to win. Um, I don't know if they'll win it, but they're definitely going to be in the mix. Uh, Edmonton. Do the Edmonton Oilers have a shot? Yeah, I think Edmonton has a good chance too. Um, Winnipeg is kind of throwing a wrench in their plans right now by playing so well, but I would be surprised if it wasn't Edmonton versus Toronto in the North Division final, which will be the second round. So I think if they can get they – have, they have some solid defensemen. Their goalie has been uncharacteristically good. I'm not really sure what's going on there. I said he was going to – kind of pitter off because he had a really good start. I kind of look like a fool on that, but I'll own it. He's, he's having a great year, but I don't think I still believe he's going to, he's going to like get off this hot streak at some point. I don't think he's as good as he's playing. So that's a question mark, but they're good. They're definitely good enough to win it. If they can, if, if everything goes according to plan, they could win it for sure. The Winnipeg Jets, they're up 2-0 uh, over the Edmonton Oilers. That's a surprise to a lot of people. Uh, if they get past Edmonton, let's say that, uh, so it's conditional. If they get past Edmonton, do they have a shot at a title? Um, Jeez, this is a tough one. I'd say... I know you want to say no. Noted, peer pressure needed. I think they could. I think they could. That might be a hot take, but... Their defense is not very good, but if they can get... Uh, a good performance out of the players, like the offensive players, then they could. Uh, they had a, a huge trade earlier this season. They traded uh, Patrick Laine to Pierre-Luc Dubois. P- Patrick Laine went third overall a few years ago. Pierre-Luc Dubois went fourth. Or no, Patrick Laine went second. Pierre-Luc Dubois went third. So that was a pretty crazy trade. Um, and neither Laine or Dubois have really been as good as promised. So if... Pierre-Luc Dubois can find his stride and really turn it on for Winnipeg. I think they could because their offense is pretty good, but defense isn't great. So it's really going to depend on them scoring goals and their goaltender, Connor Hellebuck, kind of keeping them in it after that. How about the last one I have to pull up? Uh, the Montreal Canadiens, they have a shot. Um, Jeez, the North is so hard because a lot of people – there's a lot of question marks over how good the North Division really is. Um, a lot of people don't really believe in the North Division teams. There's been a lot of people that say whoever wins the North is just going to go out right away, so it doesn't even matter. But I think Montreal could win it. 
They probably have one of their better teams they've had. Uh, they get, they got Corey Perry on a on a league minimum deal. He's a he's a good player. He's a feisty guy. He's kind of hated around the NHL, but I I kind of respect his game a little bit. He gets under his under uh, other teams' skin. He scores goals. He gets assists. Draws a lot of penalties. So I think they're good enough. I don't think they will, but. If they get hot, I mean, you never know. And Carey Price, their goaltender, is, is phenomenal. So if he plays well, anything can happen. They had 11 overtime losses in the regular season. Is that meaningful? That's I think as I look around, that's the most in the NHL. No, uh, Dallas lost 14 that way, but that Dallas is in the playoffs. So the last remaining team with the most amount of overtime losses, how does that factor in, if at all? Yeah, I mean, I think it's kind of uh, kind of speaks to their ability in crunch time so it's it's a little bit of a red flag excuse me but um i don't know like there, there's this thing in hockey where it's kind of a trend at this point where you fire your coach and then you win the stanley cup it, it happened in la uh back in 2013 it happened in st louis uh two or three years ago so they fired their coach, so maybe they'll they'll get the fire coach magic that has affected so many teams as of late, but I'm not really sure. Um, but I think the overtime thing really is kind of a, a blemish on their reputation because those are the games you really need to win. You, you can't be losing in overtime. You need those points. So that, that definitely kind of speaks to their ability to close out games. I feel like hockey coaches, man, have the worst job security. It maybe maybe on the planet like I, I they teams burn through hockey coaches like it's nothing. I'm like, man, like I watched. Didn't the dude in Vegas like win a title and then get fired like the next year? Yeah, like his team was first. His team was first in division and then they they lost like three games in a row and he got fired. Gerard Gallant. It's like, dude, I don't. That's wild to me. Um, that's dude. That's all I have, man. Those are all my questions. Um, I, I do know that. So my, in, according to my notes and, and then according to Nathan, Nathan Shield, based on what I just learned, Minnesota has no shot. Um, the Nashville Predators have no shot. I, I, oh, my notes are gone. Uh, the St. Louis Blues have no shot to win a title. Are there any teams I'm leaving out that you're just like that team? You don't hate them, but they, they're, they really got no opportunity to win a title. Uh, I, I'm curious about that. Mm, let me, let me, let me look at the teams here real quick. Um, well, because I know, and I'm curious, but before we answer that, why is the North, is the North just really weak? And so people say, because they play in their own little bubble, uh, is the North just this self-contained te- a group of bad teams that winning that's not as impressive compared to winning, say, the East or the West? Yeah, I mean, that's kind of a, a tricky question because everyone kind of has a different theory about the North. Um, it's a really high-scoring division. There's not a ton of defense that gets played. Um, they scored, like, by by division the north scored significantly more goals than any other division um there is a lot of offensive firepower in the north so that could be it but a lot of people think the north has like just suspect defense which is pretty important in the playoffs as you might have as you might imagine um and i think a lot of people just kind of assume canadian teams have no chance because a canadian team hasn't won the stanley cup in a, a long time so i think that might be part of it the defense could be part of it but I don't know. I guess we'll see uh, once we get to the final four how strong the North truly is. That's such a silly thing. Like, I don't know why where you play games should determine whether you have a shot to win a title. I mean, that's that's kind of like team, quarterbacks that go to USC are always going to fail, or how it's like it doesn't matter. It, it's just like th- that's a situation. You know, it's just a 
it's like one of those things that just has no actual relevance to the ability or actual opportunity to win a title. Yeah, it's it's really weird. I'm not really sure what it is. I think it's a lot of people that just are kind of uh, bitter about the North. Maybe they're Canadians or maybe they root for a Canadian team and they're just they've just decided that because it hasn't happened in so long, no Canadian team will ever win again. So they kind of just want to doom their teams or something. I'm not really sure, but a lot of people are counting out the Canadian teams. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with them. So something I didn't know going into this conversation, I I learned since then is that they didn't play an open schedule. So you played only your division all year. It's kind of a weird science science experiment to go like, huh, this team has never played this other team, and that's going to be a fun matchup we haven't seen all year. Are there any, like, uh, you know, the Islanders have not played the Colorado Avalanche. Like, they haven't really, ha- there are a lot of matchups where, like, you could even argue, hey, the Avalanche, they dominated the West. How much was that really a challenge? What's going to happen when they face a team that they haven't played before that's really good? Are there any matchups you're like, man, this team versus that team is my dream scenario? Oh, man. Uh, this is a tough question. Um, I would love to see maybe Boston versus Colorado, I think would be really fun. Um, maybe Tampa versus Colorado as well. Um, there's a lot of good teams and all these teams have really smart coaches. I mean, if you're, if you're one of the best teams in the NHL, you're going to have a great coach. So I'm, I'm really excited for that because not only is it trying to figure out the players as a player, it's going to be the coach is trying to go over film and say, oh, this is how we have to attack Colorado. And we've, we haven't seen him this year, so we can only go based on what we've seen on film. And I think the teams are going to know that as well and maybe make adjustments. So it's kind of going to be a chess match the first few games. It's going to be awesome hockey. Um, I, I'll i give you two. I'd rather you pick one, but I get it. You're on the spot. And it's also hard. Like, I don't know. Picking one thing for me, like I can never pick my favorite movie. I'm like, I'll tell you my five favorite movies maybe, but I can't pick one. Who is your favorite? And you can go like 1A and 1B if you want to. Who's your favorite to win the NHL title? Um, this is I. This one's a little bit easier than you might expect, but I could be wrong. So I don't know. I'll own it. I'll own it. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. That's how it goes. But based on what I've seen this year, I think Colorado is going to win. Um, they're too good to lose right now. Their, their forwards are so good. Nathan McKinnon is so dominant. That whole first line, Landeskog, McKinnon, Rantanen, they're phenomenal. When they're on the ice, they're must-watch TV. They fly past everybody. They're so fast. They're so skilled, um, and they're just phenomenal. You can't make any mistakes against Colorado because they're going to score. So I think they're, they're too good. They're too good to lose right now. Well, Nathan, um, first of all, do you have anything else you want to say? Any, any final thoughts that uh, you think are left on the table? No, I think we touched on pretty much everything. Dude, I got to say, man, uh, I thought we started off like we've never talked in person, so I'm not worried. We, I thought we got warmer as the conversation went on. Um, but, I, dude, you were phenomenal. Like, I, I, I learned a lot. I had a good time. I, I think it's, this is fun content to make, um, and I, I would love to do this again. Maybe after every round, like round one, round two, uh, you know, all the way through the playoffs till, and then we can like talk about what happens in the Stanley Cup final. You know, I don't need to try to cover it as it's going on. I think I probably don't ever want to do an episode again in the middle of a round like this. That that's brutal. But if you want to, I'd love to go after every round to do a show like this. It'd be really fun. Yeah, yeah. I think a recap would probably be the best way to format this. So I think that would be a, a really awesome idea, dude. 
I, again, I, I can't say thank you enough. Um, and I, I had another thing I wanted to say, but I, I just, I can't remember. I, I know that this was fun. And so thank you so much. Um, I've wanted, I've had this on my heart for like a long time. I, I just, I don't have the tool set to follow and say a lot about hockey, but I am interested. And I, I love hockey. I think people don't know that about me. It's one of my favorite sports. I love going to games. I just don't have the bandwidth to follow very closely. And it kind of breaks my heart because I, I love the sport. And I, I think the NHL is a phenomenal league. Like, I love baseball. I hate the MLB. I think Major League Baseball makes me so angry, and they're kind of ruining a good sport. Ho- NHL hockey is phenomenal, and I'm, I'm really glad to get an opportunity to talk about it with you. So thank you so very much. Yeah, of course. Thank you for having me on, Zach. All right, my man. Uh, talk soon. I want to now shift gears to a conversation I had with my good friend Austin. Uh, it was fun to catch up. He's a, a friend of mine I've had for years and years. He's actually the reason I love the sport of hockey is because of him. So uh, it was fun. It was exciting. Please now enjoy my conversation with Austin. Joining me now is uh, a guy I love a lot, Austin Cram. How are you? Doing well, Zach. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. I. By the way, so... You may not know this about you. You're one of my favorite people actually, okay. on planet Earth. You know what? I'm okay. sure oh, wow. okay. I don't see you very often. This is a, this is a great start to this podcast, please. <laughs> well, Go so on. by the, you're the first, I think, high school one of the one of the first people I've known like for a long time that I've ever worked with. I don't because I, okay. I, I, I I can't tell you why it just it hasn't happened that way. Um, but I, I I like you, and I, I'll see you maybe once a year. COVID ruined that even more. But every time I see sure you, did. it's like we pick up right where we left off. I love it. I love hearing your passion about MMA and hockey. Uh, and you know hockey really well. And so I, I was like, look, I'm doing this thing with Nathan Shield. I want to get you on too because mm-hmm. I I don't even have a lot planned for this conversation. I'm like, I just know you love hockey and we'll get good stuff out of it. That's the goal here. I mean, yeah, I've seen you share on Instagram. You know, people will say, hey, do more hockey, do hockey. And every time I see it, I get this little twinge. I'm like, yeah, it's, uh, come on, let's get more hockey content because it's, it's great. And this is the best time of year to pick up on that content. So I'm glad we're here doing this. Yeah, man, I, I think uh, what I'd like to do is do round one. After round one, we'll do a recap episode of round one. We'll do a recap episode okay. of round two all the way through the playoffs until the championship and just have a good time along the way and talk about hockey. I, I love hockey, man. I, I, I've told this to a lot of people. I feel yeah. like I have, don't have the bandwidth to, co- to follow it. So I got people like you and Nathan that I can reach out to. Be like, what's going on? What's happening? That's always the way it goes. I mean, you're so entrenched in, in football, and obviously you should be. You're, you're, you're great at it. It's tough to, to follow along you know, to the point that you'd feel that someone who's making videos like you would feel comfortable making videos without having a little bit of assistance from, from Nathan and myself and you know, whoever else you'd like. So, again, I'm glad we can do this. I'm glad we're here. Yeah, I know. I, in football, I have all the answers. So I feel pretty confident. Like I know exactly. the best player. Yeah, right? I just don't. It's hockey. I got to say, too, before we really dive into the playoffs, uh, you're why I love hockey. I used to you, – oh, you, okay. you, used to take me to Portland Winterhawks games, a WHL team. And I was like, mm-hmm. this is effing awesome. Like, I, I was watching soccer the last couple of days. I, I've been doing yeah. uh, working for yeah. Port- the Portland Timbers uh, for – actually, for, yeah, I can say it now. Working for ESPN. Fuck them. I hate them. I, <laughs> I'm free now. <laughs> I hate giant networks. They're not really <laughs> fun to work with. Uh, but soccer, I'm, like, sitting there going, I really wish this was hockey instead. Like, I, I just – I don't follow hockey very much, but I love the game itself. It's there's nothing quite like it, especially as we get into the late spring and early summer. We get into the postseason, and you know to piggyback off off the Winterhawks. If anybody is listening here who doesn't quite have the exposure to hockey that you might wish you had, um, 
junior hockey runs around the country. There's many different leagues, high-level leagues, former or future, rather, NHLers will play in these leagues. Go check it out. Tickets are very, very cheap. Follow your local team, support them. They could use your 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 gate revenue, and you're going to watch a great product. And hockey is as awesome as it is on TV. It's even better in person, and Zach can, can attest to that as well. Oh, yeah. I, I think football, I've, I've been to NFL games. I don't really like going to games. I, I'd rather watch football at home mm-hmm. with my own snacks and my couch. Hockey, I, I want to go to a Boston Bruins game. Like I Someday I want to oh go God. to these high-level NHL games because they're – Hockey is like the I think one of the best sports live. It's so the atmosphere, running into the boards, hearing that sound, like oh my gosh, I love it. It doesn't translate on TV when when someone when there's a collision into the boards and a collision that looks fairly innocuous, you don't think much of it on TV because you just you aren't there to hear it. You don't see it the same way. But you might see a, a fairly normal collision into the boards near the net, and it will rattle the boards all around the rink for I mean fifty feet in each direction. It it. It shows you the level of contact, the speed, the strength of these guys, and it completely makes it a different thing in person. Yeah, you feel it live. Um, I want to uh-huh, dive in. Absolutely. I want Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, I, well, I, I want to ask about the most valuable player. So when I do the NFL yeah. SOS awards, I give out two awards instead of one. MVP really frustrates me because it, it's not definable. So I give out a player of the year. I gave that to Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers, and I gave uh-huh. out a most important player, which went to Tom Brady because – most important to your team is not also the same as the best year and the best statistics and best numbers. And so yeah, I, I'm really fair. curious who your favorite or couple favorites for the NHL, the Hart Memorial Award, the MVP is. Yep. You know, this year, unlike most, um, it's a runaway. It's Edmonton's Connor McDavid. He's mm-hmm. putting up a year that is unprecedented. The NHL played 56 games this year. He was on pace for 150 points in an 82-game season. And points are goals and assists, both primary and secondary. So if you are scoring a goal or in on the the playmaking of a goal, you get a point. 150 points was his pace for an 82-game season. That's the best in 30 years. I mean, Mario Lemieux was last one to have 150 points in a season. He's had more games, Zach, with three points than zero points. I think he's averaging like 1.7 goals a game it's out, something like that it's he's, he was averaging i believe his his season end average was 1.82 points per game <laughs> which is the most since yarmir yager in the mid 90s it's <laughs> it's ludicrous what he's doing it's it's out of control he's seriously put and he's 24 he turned 24 in january i didn't know he was 24 oh my gosh he's 24 years old he's wow. still he hasn't even hit his prime yet in terms of what we could see from him physically mentally as a player he's only going to get better He's he's an outrageous player, and you know, for the sake of the show, I guess you know, second and third we could give to uh, Austin Matthews of the Maple Leafs, who led the league in goals this year. He's a great player. He's turned it up for them. He's reached new heights. He's always been great. He's been great since he entered. He entered, uh, you know, near the same time as McDavid the year after, and and since then he's been great. But no one can hold the candle to '97 in Edmonton. It just there's nothing you can do about it. He's amazing. What do you make of Winnipeg? shutting them down in the first two playoff games they've had. Connor Hellebuck is the best goalie on earth right now. He's the goalie for the Winnipeg mm-hmm. Jets. Um, a, he's, he's an American goalie. We haven't had a, that level of shutdown American hey. goalie in a long time. So come Olympic time, you know, we're going to be excited to see Hellebuck in the red, white, and blue. Um, he's he's interplanetary as well. He's given up one <laughs> goal this series. Um, you know, Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid are the two best players on that Oilers team. They've been held completely pointless. Mm. 
Hellebuck's performing in in a way that that can take you deep. We saw it in 2019 with the St. Louis Blues in January. They were in last place in the league, and and their young stud goaltender Jordan Biddington carried them through the playoffs. They won their first Stanley Cup in 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 many decades. Not saying that that's what the Jets are necessarily going to do, but it's goaltending performances like Connor Hellebuck gives you that gives you the opportunity to do that moving forward. You know, there's not much more you can say about him. He's he's been phenomenal, and he's shut that uh, that that powerful group in Edmonton down. As an NFL guy, it's cool to hear about any team named the Jets in the playoffs. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I'm curious if they get past Edmonton, how far? Because I I would I would I I'd relate everything back to football and football. Of course. You you have this one position quarterback, which is a little bit different than everything else. And there's only one, and there's only one play. They're very important. Mm-hmm. A goaltender's a, goal a lot like a quarterback. There's only one. They're very important. You They really kind of dictate whether you win or not. And h- how far can their goaltender take them if they get past Edmonton? He can take you all the way. He can take you to the very end. And that's, and you know, if so, assuming they are able to get past Edmonton. They're going to likely see the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, that's the, because the way that the that that the playoffs structure is this year, it's different because of how COVID worked. They played much, you know, many fewer games. The first two rounds of the postseason are all inter, are all interdivision. Yep. So if Edmonton wins against Winnipeg, or uh, rather if Winnipeg beats Edmonton here, they're going to play likely the Maple Leafs um, because they've looked so great against Montreal. And we can go into the Maple Leafs here in a little bit, but you know. It's going to be a different. It's going to be a different thing for Hellebuck and for Winnipeg come Toronto because instead of just you know the two the two guys you really got to worry about in in McDavid and Drysaitel, that Maple Leafs team is so deep and they come at you constantly. They got guys up and down the roster, forwards, defensemen who are dangerous. Um, you know, if he stays locked in, anything can happen, and that's kind of the beauty of of the NHL playoffs. I would pick Toronto over them, but mm. if he maintains this level, there's you know. There's what are you gonna do? Is kind of the, is kind of the way it goes. You can do everything you can, but you can't score, so you got no chance. Um, it's what, such so a, tell me about it's oh, such go ahead, a yeah, fine please. thing. Go, no, I was just gonna say it's such a you know when when in in basketball and football and even in baseball to to a little bit of a lesser extent, you've got so many scoring opportunities in mm-hmm. in the NHL. You're averaging you know five or six goal events per game split in each side. The margin for error is so so thin. That if you've got a goalie who might steal, you know what would have been one goal, and he can take that away from his, you know, from his great play, that is enough to turn an entire game. You do that a couple times, you turn in a series, and that happens mm-hmm. every year. It happens all the time. We're seeing it right now. I, I want to hear about Toronto. You you mentioned them, and I, I I'm just curious what your thoughts are, your analysis, uh, and, and are they in the conversation for a title this year? I think they're definitely in the conversation. I think they're. Their chances have taken a significant hit, uh, along with with their captain. Have you have you seen the Jonathan Tavares incident that no, happened, what happened in in game one? So Jonathan Tavares, John Tavares is the Maple Leafs captain. He's an exceptional player. He started with the New York Islanders, played there for many years before leaving to Toronto in free agency. He's probably I w- he's their second or third best player, and he's their captain. Hmm. He was handling the puck uh, about ten minutes into the first period of game one of their series against Montreal. He's hit by Ben Sherratt in central ice, in the, in, the, in the neutral zone, in the middle of the ice. It's a clean hit. He goes down, and in an attempt to kind of mitigate the hit, he kind of spins, but he's already on his way down. So he's rotating on the ice, and he starts facing back the way he came. And another Canadiens player, Corey Perry, 
this is completely an accident. There was no harm intended. He, in an attempt to get out of the way of Tavares, who's now on the ice because of the initial hit, knees Tavares in the face. He's probably skating mm-hmm. at 25 miles an hour. Corey Perry's a big man. Um, Tavares is knocked out. Tavares is in a rough way. Um, major concussion out indefinitely. It's mm. an unfortunate incident. It was sad to see. It's it was scary to see in real time because of the way that Tavares, you know, had his body was reacting to the to the yeah. to the hit. So, you know, that aside, and you know, all of our thoughts out to JT. He's a great player. He's a great captain. Um, that's going to hurt them from a hockey perspective. Clearly, again, he's their second or third best player. He's their lifeblood. He's their captain. Where their ceiling is has changed in the last several days to where, you know, I would say I think Toronto could beat about anybody to now I, they've got this kind of reputation Toronto does. They've got this DNA of being a team that can't get it done in the crunch time. They, they have a a propensity to choke. And now that you've lost your captain and one of your best players, I, I think that that reality comes, becomes a lot, a lot more likely as we get further in. I'm told there's a narrative that, Canadian teams can't win or don't normally win a title. And I, I hear that, and I think that's dumb to me. Uh, I look at, you know, Sam Howell's a quarterback at North Carolina right now, uh, and he is getting compared to Mitchell Trubisky, who failed mm-hmm. horribly. And I'm like, they came from the same place, same place, but it's a different situation. Like, you can't compare. Location doesn't define how you do and how well you can succeed. And I don't. I think it's that's kind of interesting. What do you make of that narrative? And I, I, you can throw people throw stats like uh, a team hasn't won since this date years and years ago. But I'm like, I mean, a good team's a good team, no matter where they're based out of, right? Yeah, and that's. I mean, it's. I'll admit this is a thing that that American hockey fans do to rile up Canadian fans because Canada, mm-hmm. you know, hockey's Canada's game. This is all thing. A lot of it is kind of tongue in cheek. It's in jest. There's probably some joy, and though, like, ha ha, we're better at you exactly. than your own sport. But the, yeah. but the fact is, is that everybody, you know, we, we, we prod at them, but everybody knows at the end of the day, 60% of the league is Canadian players, whether they're in America, on American teams or not. There's only, you know, there's a, a one third of the league is Canadian in terms of teams. So yeah. there's just fewer teams that can win it. So a Canadian team hasn't won it in you know in quite some time. I don't think that's necess- I don't think that's that's a geographical thing. There's no geographical reason for that. It's just the way that things shake out when you know over 20 teams are are of of the 31 are in America and there's only a few in Canada and that's you know that's the way it goes. But a lot of Canadians hoist the cup every year whether they play for an American team or not. You pointed something out the other uh, last time we talked. You said like. Uh... This is a weird round in the NHL playoffs because something happened with COVID that I I missed went over my head, where yeah. some teams are like in game five, some teams are in like game two or three right now. How is what happened there with COVID that kind of threw some of the scheduling for round one of the NHL playoffs out of whack? Yeah, so uh, six weeks ago, I would say roughly, um, there was a widespread attack of COVID nineteen through the locker room and front office of the Vancouver Canucks. Mm-hmm. Now. Going back further, because of COVID, the league wanted to cut down on travel restrictions, and there was also the issue of not being able to get in and out of Canada as American as as American citizens. Yeah. So the NHL divvied up the league to where instead of the traditional division format, there's a North, East, West, and Central format uh, divisional format. The North is all Canada. Yeah. So because so so moving forward now, because the Canucks have this bout with COVID, they had to stop playing for a month. 
they missed out on a bunch of games. But in order to keep playoff seating stable and in order to have draft position make sense and all that, these games got to get made up. So there was a point there was a point where the Vancouver Canucks, a non-playoff team, a team that missed the playoffs, was playing the Edmonton Oilers, a playoff team in a regular season game while a playoff game in the East was happening. Wow. It's huh. been outrageous. So and, and and as a result now because the Canucks had to finish up their season by playing playoff teams in regular season games, the 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 Oilers and the Jets, two Canadian teams, are now two games into their series while Washington and Boston are going to start game 5 here shortly. It's so it's it's become just an outrageous thing, and it's nobody's fault necessarily. It's just you know the Canucks undergo this COVID thing at the worst possible time with not enough time to make these games up, and Edmonton's got reason to complain because in order for Vancouver to get their games in on this crazy sprint to the finish, Edmonton has to participate in that too. They have to be the second in the in in the partnership to play these games. So Edmonton's coming in wiped because they've had to play three games against the Canucks in a week before the playoffs. And so it's, it's been a, it's been a messy situation. The league's doing what they can. There's no easy solutions. That's just where we are now, but it's created a, a weird wrinkle for the playoffs. I got to say, I, I like it. Um, I, I think with what they could, with this in it, with the situation, it is what it is, right? I hate canceling games. I hate, I, mm. I like uniformity. So I think it's really good. They, they got everything they could get done. It doesn't mess up the, the draft order and do stuff like that. I'm actually glad hearing that from you, hearing that now. I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm actually glad they made up games because in the NBA they like canceled. It's just weird. I'm like, that, it's not. It doesn't work for me. I go, that, I don't like that at all. If you try to cancel games and don't try to make them up and fix that kind of loss of integrity, I guess, to the schedule. Yeah, no, the league did what they could. I know the NBA has done the winning percentage thing. The NHL, uh, it seems, was not interested in doing that. They were gonna, you know, tell the Canucks, hey, this is what you got to do. We got to play these games, you know, to the the rest of the Canadian teams. We're sorry. The, the Canucks had to play several games against the Calgary Flames as well, a non-playoff mm. team. So there are two non-playoff teams playing games during the playoffs in a regular season format. Just That's weird cool, stuff though. like that. It was kind of funny. And it, you know, it's it, you know the, the Canucks fans and Flames fans get an extra you know a little bit of hockey to you know they get to see their teams play in May, which was nice. Well, it kind of reminds me of the NFL at a game every single day of the week last year. Which mm-hmm. wh- when the hell is there football on a Tuesday or a Wednesday? Never. Friday? Yeah. What? It's awesome. I mean, I'm more than happy to you know, I'm more than happy to sit on a Wednesday and watch some football, but it's <laughs> yeah. it's definitely not the norm. No, um, I'm I'm curious because I, I have a very ignorant question coming next. So prepare yourself. I'm gonna ask something dumb. Uh, no dumb questions. No dumb questions, Zach. Is Minnesota always considered the West in the NHL? Because <laughs> I've driven the West. I've driven from Seattle to Minneapolis. That that's not the West, like at all. <laughs> They're the West in the NBA. That's I mean oh no correct but that's a split down the middle divide I think it's that's, I'm not yeah. criticizing it's just funny to me like man we have St Louis I kind of get because the St Louis Rams were for a while and they moved whatever but man Minnesota it's funny that's a Western division and it kind of shows how the center of the NHL really is very northeast yeah and yeah and that St Louis and Minnesota in the West and and they had to do it again because they had to they had to stratify Canada and keep Canada kind of contained yeah but. Um, Vancouver, without a doubt, further west than than any team, really. I mean, short of the California teams, and you know, you've got Edmonton and uh, and Winnipeg kind of in central Canada there as well. I don't, you know, Canadian geography is not my strong suit necessarily. So sorry to the the Canadians out there no listening worries. to this, but um, 
you know, they're, they're right there in kind of that middle area too. So it's just funny how the divisions have worked out, um, especially for this year. It's It's been an interesting, again, a wrinkle to the postseason. I, I once knew, but I want to make sure I know. What, what were the divisions before? Because there wasn't always a Canada-Northern division, correct? No, yeah, you're right. No, so it was it was the, the Pacific, the Metropolitan, Pacific, the Central, yeah. and, and the East, yeah. So the, it, not the, in, in the Eastern Conference, you had the, the, the um, – metropolitan and then the south and then you had in the in the western conference you had the pacific and the central so that's that's how that goes so it wasn't in terms of the american teams it wasn't too different like they stayed pretty much where they you know where where they were before the canadian wrinkle is what is what created some some difficulties are there so it's interesting this year in the nhl they've played only in their own divisions basically which is uh what it does is we haven't seen Pittsburgh play Colorado or Boston play Colorado. Are there any matchups you look ahead to and you're like, man, I, I can't wait to see this team play that team. Or, or you're hoping they you do get to play there. each other. No, I'm glad you went there because there's this whole – teams have only played the same handful of teams all season. So as we get past the second round, because the third round, which would traditionally be the conference finals, is now just being called the third round, the Stanley Cup semifinals. Um, we're going to see teams haven't played each other all year play, you know, a series to go to the Stanley cup final. So it, it creates a lot of intrigue. You don't have that same familiarity. You're playing the same teams for 56 games and then you got to go play a team you haven't played yet this year. And you know, there's teams like Florida, like Carolina, like uh, Minnesota, who did make the postseason last year, they made the play-in game. They actually lost to the Canucks, so they didn't make the full postseason. But these are teams that haven't made the playoffs in a, in a little while, who or haven't made deep playoff runs in a little while. Who now, you know, it just it adds a different a different layer of of kind of how we're going to play this because you haven't played these teams in the playoffs, you haven't played them in the regular season. You're just watching film and hoping you know what you can do. Yeah, it's 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 it's, it's a lot of chaos and it's a lot of fun in terms of matchups. <sighs> I, we need to see Tampa, Colorado and how that can happen is going to be weird because when we get to the third round, they're going to reseed based on regular season record. Mm, okay. So if are they we, doing if a bubble? Are them, they doing like four teams in a bubble kind of thing? I believe so. I believe that that was the confirmation that they were going to make the bubble for the, the last two rounds. I, I believe that's, that's the case. Um, we could get it on that. Uh, so whether we see those two teams in the cup final or in the cup semifinal, it's going to depend on how the rest of these first round series shake out. That mm-hmm. I think is what we need to see that. I think whoever wins that series, whether it's in the third or the fourth round, obviously the cup final round, I think that team wins at all. I think it's, yeah. I, I think it's kind of a two man race or two horse race with some other, you know, potentials lingering. Um, so that's the matchup I'd like to see. Do you buy into Colorado? The avalanche have only played absolutely the West. So you still like they're, absolutely. they're incredible. Absolutely, Why? they they're incredibly deep. Um, they're finding that their goaltending is not bad, which when you have a team that's as deep as they are and as talented as they are, you don't need much. Um, you know, they're uh, they're there's these goalie analytics are getting more advanced. There's expected saves and goals saves above expected, and there's ways you can kind of um, analyze goalie performances on a more mathematical basis. And and their goalie Philip Grubauer right now. He's playing exactly as he should be. He's not stealing games. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have to. He's also not giving games away, which, again, when you got a Colorado team like this, he doesn't have to. Um, they won 5 nothing 
against the Blues in Game 3. They did not receive any goals from Miko Rantanen, Nathan McKinnon, Andre Burakovsky, Jonas Donstoy, and Gabriel Landestog. Those are their five top scorers. Mm. Not one of them scored a goal. They won 5 nothing. These wow. guys can go up and down. They play with crazy pace. They have the fourth most shots per game in the postseason. And 1, 2, and 3 have all played overtime games. Wow. So they're, 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 they put it on you. They never stop. They're crazy yeah. deep. Their goaltending is good. They, they're freakish. They're just they're so good. Is Colorado the Avalanche, are they your favorite to win the Stanley Cup final? Yes. Is there anybody so else in the mix right now, that you – Yeah? If I had to choose right now, it would be Colorado. In, in terms of other teams in the mix, uh, I like Tampa. They won last year. The Stanley Cup is notoriously hard to win in repeat years. I think Tampa can do mm-hmm. it. They're, they've got a ton of experience. That matters tremendously. They've got a great goaltender in, in, in Vasilevsky. A lot of experience. These guys, they, you know, they happened um, – it's happened several years now where, where their best player, uh, their captain, or one of their best players, Steven Stamkos, he's, uh, mm-hmm. he's caught a bit of the injury bug of late and it seems like he can come back and immediately swing things Nikita Kucherov same deal he's their Russian sniper he can miss <laughs> however many games and it seems like he I mean, he he returned from a long layoff in the first game he played to score two goals and notch an assist he he's he's crazy that they've, they've got a great experienced talented uh, defense group who can who is just as comfortable playing offense as they're playing defense in their own end again Vaslav he will will turn a series it's the series I want to see, Colorado and Tampa. I hope we get to see it for the Stanley Cup. But if we see it at all, it'll be it'll be exciting because those are two teams that I think will will really go to war. And then in terms of you know some more long shots teams that are that are still going to be there, uh, you know that have a shot, but I don't think you know necessarily can go all the way. The Boston Bruins are a great team. They're up three one on the Capitals right now. They've got a lot of experience, uh, you know, in, in their group. They have what I think is one of the worst line there's this concept of lines in the nhl it's forward lines it's it's three forwards four lines it's like your lineup basically and boston has this group of guys um they call the perfection line which i think is the most like self-aggrandizing like awful like it's i think it's an awful nickname but it's it really speaks truly to who they are because it's uh they play defense they score they they hustle hard it's brad marchand patrice bergeron and david posternock um you know, that, that group of guys can take them a long way. The Vegas Golden Knights have a lot of playoff experience. They have the third most winning um, postseason goalie of all time, Marc-Andre Fleury. There's an option there. They play a physical game that, that mm. pays dividends late in the playoffs. Who knows? You know, a lot of things could go on. It's the NHL playoffs. Anything can happen. But right now, I think it's Colorado, and I think it's Colorado beating Tampa. That's awesome. I, I think that would be I, – I, I'm curious, if I may. Um, yeah. We've seen – so, I, I again, I compare everything to football. In yeah. the New Orleans Saints last couple of years have had Drew Brees, a aging, retiring soon. He just retired Hall of Fame quarterback who I was like, man, yeah. it'd be really cool to watch him get another championship before he walked off into the sunset. I, I think the Pittsburgh Penguins are exactly the same. I, I know that, okay. Okay. you know, Sidney Crosby's 33 years old, uh, year 16. I, I don't know how much he has left. I think he's got maybe a little more, but I. I'm like, man, I, I, like, I, don't, I don't think he would win this year and retire. But I, I wonder what you think if they have a shot, if they're even – I know they're in the playoffs, they're doing okay, but I'm like, could they beat a Colorado? Could they beat Tampa Bay? You know, 
with the with Sid with the with with Malkin, those guys, I you know you can't count any of them out. Again, they've won a couple of cups themselves. They've yeah. they've made deep runs. They're crazy talented. I actually in my bracket that I filled out, I picked the Islanders in seven. Uh, mm. I I picked Pittsburgh to lose in the first round. I picked a repeat of what happened back in 2019. The Islanders um, instead of going in seven, they actually swept the Penguins in the first round. Wow. I thought that that DNA of that series from a couple of years ago would continue to ring true. The Islanders have a head coach, Barry Trotz, who's a defensive-minded, stern head coach. They have a, The Islanders' issue the last several years has been that they have young, talented, flary, explosive young players who, you know, their penchant for defense is kind of fleeting. Uh, Trotz, <laughs> runs, Trotz runs a very defensive system. He reigns guys like that in. And since he's taken over uh, in Long Island, they've shown uh, a much more a much more effective 200 foot game. They play in all three zones very well. And, you know, they're frustrating Pittsburgh. That series has, the tensions have run high in several games. They're getting under the skin of the Penguins. Evgeny Malkin is the Penguins, you know, second or third best player at this point. He took three penalties in, in mm-hmm. their last game, just out of frustration. The Islanders are getting under the Penn skin and it's working. And the series is, is knotted right now. I think it goes seven. No, there is no result that would surprise me, but I would have to lean toward the Islanders at this point. What about the story of Sidney Crosby? Like, do you think that's a good? Do you agree it's a cool, interesting story to see him go? One hundred percent, one hundred percent. And 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 the opinions on Crosby are polarizing. There's a lot of people out there who who don't care for Crosby. Um, you know, I I can see how his how some of his attitude, how some of his the way he carries himself can be can be a little bit grating, but you can't deny the player. He's he's the best player of his generation. He's, uh, you know, a surefire, one of the, one of the best to ever do it. And it's funny because if you don't watch a lot of hockey, if you're not super familiar, you picture, you picture an elite hall of fame lock player to be someone like Alex Ovechkin, who is that, but this like goal scoring, high flying, like charismatic Russian dude, like that's, that's, that's an elite hockey player. Sidney Crosby is like the best version of a grinder. And a grinder is someone who you'd put on your third or fourth line. They're going to wear down the other team. They're going to win puck battles. They're going to be hard on the puck. They're going to hit a little bit. And Crosby doesn't do a ton of hitting, but the way that he plays, he plays with his face to the boards. He plays really, really strong on his skates. He has superior edge work. He's in front of the net passing. He's tipping pucks in. His game isn't super flare heavy. It's just ridiculously effective. And that's what I think will allow him to continue to play into into an older age as long as his health, you know, will allow that. He's had some concussion stuff in his past that's been a little bit hazardous. Um, but because he doesn't play particularly fast and he plays really, really smart and really, really strong. Like technical. And doesn't super rely on athleticism. It's super technical. It's incredibly refined. That's a style that, you know, he might play fewer minutes, but that's a style that you can throw on the power play. You can throw him, you know, at the end of the bench, and he's going to give you good minutes for a long time as long as his health mm. holds up, if he wants to. He's got nothing yeah. left to prove, though. Uh, are there any – I'm really curious about Taylor Hall. Taylor Hall is a former uh, MVP winner. He went to Buffalo. I, I even I, – it's one of the few moves this offseason that I actually paid attention to, and it was like, why did Taylor Hall go there? I like they're an awful making team. A video about this? Didn't didn't you make a Taylor Hall video like a, a quite a while I'm pretty ago? Pretty sure, yeah. I, I remember. I just yeah, remember. I, I, I covered did. it at some point, going like, "What the? Why?" He got traded to Boston. 
What do you make of the trade? What do you make of uh, – even you can even give commentary on going to Buffalo because I, I, I would assume you agree. Like he, maybe he cashed out just wanted – you know, sold out for money. But I thought he wanted to win, and I don't know why then he went to Buffalo. Taylor Hall is this crazy anomaly because he played he played six years in Edmonton to start his career. Yep. And he played well. I mean, in 13-14, in at only 22 years old, he had 80 points. He was I mean, he's a great player. And he won a Calder his rookie year. He he was the rookie of the year in uh, in 2010-2011. He's an awesome player and then he and then he goes to New Jersey and he's only there for 3 years. And then and then he gets moved on over to Arizona and then back to Buffalo and Boston. It, this is like it's this crazy scenario where you've got this player who's really talented actually, who's only 29. He's you know, he's still he's still in his prime, and he's played for like six different teams because he's in this scenario where he's not quite good enough. At least the perception of him isn't that he's quite good enough to be a guy that you have to keep around. But he's good enough that you can you know move him to provide you some other pieces, or maybe you know the money that he wants isn't quite what you can afford to give for someone who's that stature. He's just in kind of a weird no man's land. He's a great player, and I think it's a, it was incredibly smart for Boston to pick that guy up. He fits what they need really well. That's that's a forward who can drive play. He's great at moving the play into the offensive zone. He's got great wheels, great hands. Um, he's he's the kind of guy that you want to bolster your middle six group. You know, to provide some offensive punch outside of that top line. He's a great acquisition for them, and at 29, he's still got so much life left. It feels like because he's been involved in so many transactions throughout the years, it feels like this guy should be 34. <laughs> he's still in his prime. Yeah. When you look around the NHL so, playoffs, go go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Go oh, ahead. when you when you look around the NHL playoffs, are there any players or storylines you're like, man, that's that's worth following. That's interesting to me. Like for example, Boston and the Capitals. I think three games in a row now has gone to overtime. It's you on know, my the Capitals notes. are down that, three that to one, but I'm like that's on my notes, yeah, yeah. It's exciting and interesting. Um, are there anything else like that that you're like, man, that's and we can talk about the Capitals in Boston if you want. They play a game that's, four. I think that's five what I today. want. That's the the first thing that I want to to talk about is that series because to someone who and this is not you specifically, just to anybody listening who might be, um, you know, who not who might not quite know what the NHL postseason is and like what it represents and and how you think of it as a as a hockey fan this is a three to one series you look at that as a as a basketball fan and you think three to one man this you know there's a better team here it's over it's done and the last game they played in game four boston played like that they 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 played a great game they beat i think the final ended up being four to one um, yep. Prior to that, they'd played three overtime games, and that's just and again, that's the amalgamation of the NHL postseason. You're in overtime. You've got you've got ten ten skaters on the ice plus two goalies. You're running around hitting this frozen piece of rubber with sticks while you run on ice on on razor blades. It's an inherently crazy game, and you go to overtime where it's golden goal. First team to score wins this thing. You're looking at a three one Boston series now with three overtime games literally two or three bounces go the other way and we're looking at we're looking at a 3-1 capitals lead and you know it's it's easy to say well if this if that in hockey it's true you you're one weird bounce away one skittering puck hits the wrong skate one you know shot off the off the post doesn't fall the right way the caps are looking like they might be on their way out and if a couple of 
50-50 things go their way throughout these last four games, they're looking at advancing. And that's the nature of the beast. That's why this trophy is so hard to win. That's why it's hard to repeat. That's why it means so much to the people who do win it. It's hard to win the Stanley Cup, even if you're a really, really good team. And that's and, and this series here is kind of that wrapped up. Well, even the thought, you know, two to two compared mm-hmm. to three to one, that's a massive swing. That one overtime Huge game. swing. I mean, that you made, you made one of those three overtime games. You know what I mean? It's just crazy how the difference one win can do in a series and like that. And the Caps that. did win one of them. So, yeah. I mean, so, so they, they, did, they did take care of one of them. And, and, and if you're Boston, you're thinking, man, we could have an extra day off if that would have went you know, our way in game one in that overtime. Yeah. It's, it perfectly represents what postseason hockey is, the tension, the energy. Everything means something. Um, you know, every, every second, every, every shift, you know, a shift for a hockey player, you know, for a Ford is 45 seconds. And that's why, you know, and that's what makes this such a beautiful game in terms of a team aspect, because in hoops or, you know, even in the NFL to a, to a little bit of a lesser extent, you could say, you know, go out there, we're going to keep you out there. If, you know, if the Lakers need some buckets, they're going to say, LeBron, we need you to play, you know, 14 minutes in a row. Yeah, and hockey, you just can't do it. There's there the capacity physically isn't there. You're expected as a hockey player to go for 45 seconds to a minute as hard as you possibly can, and then take a two minute break. You can't send a guy out there for 14 minutes and expect him to produce. And because of that, it creates this team environment, and you know you 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 can't just lean on one guy. And because there's only five or six goals that get scored in a game most of the time, everything is it's so amplified, and that's that's what makes it beautiful in in May and June. As we talk right now, I'm going to date us real quick. Game four, uh, Hurricanes Predators are tied three to three in overtime. Uh, they played double overtime their last game, so we're we're, we're yeah. doing this again here. And then uh, the Avalanche and the Blues just started zero zero in the first. Uh, I just wanted to be, you know, that's when we're recording this. At some point, yeah, that's a good, yeah. I'm glad no one's going to get eliminated while we're talking. That would suck. Uh, but I wanted to, you know, like leave kind of a timestamp there. Hey, just Not so you know, while we're talking, we're talking as but... happening. Yeah, I think I think the Avalanche do eliminate the Blues tonight. I think that it might it wind up be while we're talking, literally. But I think if you report back, probably while it's putting out, while it's uploading, maybe. Yeah, while while the, while this is uploading, we might see um, an elimination for, uh, from Colorado uh, against St. Louis, which is expected. Uh, you know, I don't yeah. think anybody's three nothing. Surprised when that happens, I I picked it. I picked it. I believe in five that the Blues might steal one. It, you know, they might. Who knows? But I don't think that's much of a series at this point. I don't think it ever was, frankly. No disrespect to St. Louis, but it's, when yeah, you're outgunned, no. you're outgunned. Uh, take me through your notes. What else you got, man? I'm curious. You know, we we touched on it a little bit. This uh, this barn burner series between the Islanders and the Penguins. Um, you know, it's it, despite all the overtime, despite all the one goal games that has happened throughout this first round. That series at two two could go any direction, and again we we touched on it briefly, but that's just kind of the that's the one thing that I wanted to to bring up and to mention is if if you're wanting to you know competitive, high tension, violent to an extent, physical hockey, that's the series to watch right now. These are two teams with a lot of pride, with a lot to play for, who yeah. are playing a best of three. Game to, five to is four right o'clock now. Western time, uh, Monday tomorrow. That'll be awesome. It is, yeah. Yeah, and it, again, that, that's that's going to be the game to tune in. Playoff hockey, I'm always going to be a proponent of watching every game you can. <laughs> but if you're going to pick one game or one series to follow, I think from you know from here on out in the first round, that's going to be the one. It's two teams that have quickly found um, they don't they don't care for each other too much. They're locked in. Again, it's a best of three to advance. Both teams you've got a lot to play for. Like I said, uh, a lot of pride to play for amongst each other. That's going to be the one. That's the exciting one right now for me. 
Yeah, I'm lucky. You know, I don't have to go to work tomorrow. I got I got to watch sports. That's my job. So you know, I'll be watching uh, Boston tonight. I'm really excited about. Uh, I got yeah. a big interview tomorrow, but I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna really dive in and try to watch as much hockey as I can because there's so many good games and series going on. That are, and I my favorite thing about sports is the moment where you're not sure what's gonna happen, where you're like, man, either team could win, and I'm convinced mm-hmm. that either one has a shot. I, I love that. And I like for example, I'm not. I, I can tell you right now. I am not going to watch the Colorado Avalanche game tonight. Like it's not. I don't have any question who's going to win the series. That's not exciting to me. Even but if they Boston's lose tonight, this game, it's not going to. Yeah. It's not going to. It's not going to. You're not going to say. I wonder. You know what is what does St. Louis do this game? They haven't done the last three. What is what does St. Louis do this game that suddenly makes this juggernaut Avalanche team you know rendered inoperable? It's not going to sure. change. They might win one. It's not going to matter. Yeah. It's. But I uh, mean, the you're right. The Islanders and the Penguins is like, oh my gosh! I I really it's I don't know, and it, I think it's a good prediction to say it'll go seven because I think that's very, ah man. I, I appreciate the shout out because I was already thinking that was good. So to have you direct me towards that really excites me. Like I can pick this series and I make sure I watch every game. That's gonna yeah. There's three games. I I think that I, there's gonna be three games left. There's gonna be at least two. Uh, you know, obviously, and I think they're all. It's all appointment television right now. Uh, the way yeah. those teams are playing, it's you know, and then moving forward, we'll see how these things shake out for the second round and the third round. Things are going to get really crazy because of the reseeding. But that's down the road. Right now, we still got a lot of fun first round action to to take care of and to watch, and you know, it's going to be fun throughout. What else has happened? You got notes on other stuff? I'll take you know, it. I think I'm I've here got, to. I've... Yeah, I want to hear nerdy hockey stuff. Like I, 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 you have passion. I love hearing it. Nerdy hockey stuff. Okay. Um... Yeah. Okay. So so let's do this. So so again, we talked about um, about Connor Hellebuck. He's fifty nine of sixty, I believe, is the numbers in terms of saves and shots um, to this point. I've got this pulled up here. So again, we, I mentioned the the goalie analytics earlier. Yeah. Connor Hellebuck has been expected based on shot location to save 95.2% of unblocked shots that he saw. So basically a shot that doesn't get blocked by another player that comes in that he has to make the save on. He was expected so far based on what he's seen to save 95.2% of them. He's saved 99.3. Wow. That's, I've always... He is third in, 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 um, sorry, in, in goals saved above expected. So basically how many more goals has he saved above what is expected? Kind of a similar stat. Mm -hmm. He has saved five and a half goals. These are goals that, based on a lot of other metrics, are goals that should have gone in. Five goals mm-hmm. he's taken off the board in this series. Wow. It's outrageous. He's outrageous. He's phenomenal. Well, that's how he's shutting down that incredible Edmonton offense. I mean, he really is. Yep. Because Connor he McDavid is. puts up video game numbers. I mean, that's what literally what I was told oh by uh, Nathan Shield this morning. He's like, he literally was like, that's, it's playing NHL, the video game. It's like playing on a rookie mode. It's like, yeah, you drop in to do you know, their, their career mode, and you play on a rookie, and you put up numbers. You maybe can get to McDavid at this point. He's... And and he's outrageous, and the fact that that Hellebuck and that Winnipeg group has managed to stymie him, it's not going to continue. It can't. He's the best player on earth. Yeah. He's going to get his eventually. But they've, they're up two games, and you know, if Edmonton, you know, it doesn't matter if you're the better team. And I think Edmonton top to bottom is the better team, but it doesn't matter when you're done two zero. You got to win some games. I don't know that I. You hear this in the NBA a lot. People compare the NBA and the NFL and saying like, well, in the NFL you win one game, it's a fluke, but a series is harder. I don't, I don't really like comparing, but I do like the thought that, you know, in the NFL, you can create a great game plan and shut down Patrick Mahomes on a, on a, good, sat, on a good Sunday, right? 
but in the NHL, to do what they've done two games in a row against Edmonton, that's that's not just a fluke. That's not one good game plan. That's that's a really impressive hockey to me. I'm like that's I don't you're you're I'd be surprised if they did it for a whole series, but man, they've really taken that off the board for, I'm like that's just impressive it's, to me. It's crazy and it's and it's frustrating on the other end if you're a you know, if you're a fan, if you're a player of the Oilers, to know that you've got these two elite guys and one guy who's just on the top of the mountain by himself. And you've got to, you know, you've been watching tape, you've been playing this team all season, you know what you got to do. And then Connor Hellebuck wakes up and he eats his Wheaties and he just decides none of it matters. He just, everything you didn't practice, all of your ability, everything you've done, all your crazy moves, all your passes, all your shots, it just doesn't matter because I'm here. And that's, and he's just, he's committing larceny and he's hopefully, I I think it's, (laughs) I think it'd be fun to watch him continue to do it because he's, he's uh, again, out of this world. Yeah, awesome. That's that's all I have. Is there anything else you want to talk about? Anything I'm missing, or any? Uh, I don't want to leave anything on the table. So if there's anything left you want to talk about, I'm, I'm all ears. You know, I think for now we've kind of went over it. There's some series that that are a lot more meaningful, I think, to to the observer's eye right now uh, than others. We talked about Colorado, uh, St. Louis. We talked about about the Isles and Pittsburgh and how that stuff matters and doesn't matter. I think that for now we just sit back, we watch the utter chaos that is late May hockey. We enjoy ourselves, and then when um, when round one comes to what will undoubtedly be a thrilling close, we reevaluate and see where we are come round two. Awesome, and I I cannot wait for that day. It's always good to talk to you. Tell your dad I said hi. Uh, I love Absolutely. your dad; he's the best. And uh, dude, thank you so much. Thank you, man. Hey, I, I we mentioned it at the top. Oh, Uncaged yeah. Pod on YouTube. Yes. Um, Yes, that that is it's an MMA podcast I do with my partner John. We went on a brief hiatus uh, near the end of last year because of some some stuff happening uh, personally in, in in my partner's life. Positive things, not negative things. Positive things, but had to take a break. We're coming back now. I've got some awesome interviews with with fighter coaches. We're talking to, to, to Diamond Dustin Poirier's coach, the 155 pound UFC champ. We're doing a big documentary on him as well coming soon. So a lot of good stuff coming out of the Uncaged Pod channel on YouTube for anybody who's into uh, MMA, UFC, any combat sports. I gotta say, I apologize. I I hate when I I don't I never like making a guest plug themselves. I meant to it's say that. No, I, we, we, it's awesome. It's all good. For, nobody judged that. We talked off off air. <laughs> he he was very he was very sure to want to bring that up. Zach's not not being a selfish host here. I, he 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 really. Why well, do I ask, I just it, like so. what you do, and I like you, and I I have no problem. There's some people I'm like I wouldn't have them on. I don't want to promote them. I don't. But you're not one of those people, man. I, I love what you do, and I I love promoting your voice and who you are. Well, hey, man, we appreciate that. I appreciate that immensely. Um, you know, NHL playoffs, MMA, it's it's all around here. We're having fun, good times. <laughs> so I look forward to talking to you soon on and off the air um, about Absolutely. all things sports. Thanks, brother. All right, guys, that's all I have. Thank you so very much for tuning in. I learned a lot. I'm actually recording this way later. I was sitting editing the podcast. I finished editing it, and I realized, oh, my gosh, I have uh, no way to outro the show. I, I didn't record an outro. So here I am. Recording an outro, there's no video because I'm just sitting in a t-shirt. But I learned a lot. Editing this podcast taught me a lot about what I think I want to do next time. Uh, I want to have some graphics. I want to get more. I just want to refine this idea and do a better job with uh, the round one recap. So if you're a hockey fan, expect more episodes like this where I dive into hockey. We'll do a recap of round one down the road. And until the next episode, I love you. I appreciate you. I hope you have a great day. And uh, take care, guys.